Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. We see the syphilitic shrinking obelisk. The white man's wilting dick. The smiling lie of the televised Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 71. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Attention comic book fans, Lee's Comics of Mountain View, California has closed. But here's the good news. Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale, for half off. Choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar, scroll down to Sellers, and enter Lee's Comics, Inc., period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-E. INC period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast and get a free bonus gift. Here are some recent comments about this podcast and I really appreciate the kind words. Tom on YouTube says, amazing content. You deserve more subscribers. I agree. I usually push subscribing to YouTube or automatic when I upload or at the end of this show. But uh, on YouTube, I currently have a little over 100 subscribers, and YouTube starts paying creators once they reach the 1,000 subscriber mark. So, do me a favor, tell your friends about the Fun Ideas Podcast, and get, get them to subscribe too. It's just a click of a button on my YouTube page. Also, I'd appreciate it if you became a Patreon of me. It does cost some money, mainly for storage space, to do this show, so if I could get at least $100 a month from outside sources, that will help defray some of the costs in doing it. Of course, you can advertise like Lee's Comics does. Rates are low, and they run for the entire season. Contact me at funideas.mark at gmail.com if interested. As far as Fun Ideas Productions is concerned, I'm doing well during the pandemic, and I'm working on the Mad Book, and on the new Disney Book, and four articles for Back Issue Magazine. Headquartered the book about the monkey solo years that I wrote with uh, Michael A. Ventrella is my latest book, and look for the Warren Kremer book and the TTV scrapbook soon. Of course, I'm continuing this podcast during the summer for now, so I will be doing that as well. 
Our guest today has worked for Archie Comics since the late 1980s. He's also been producing his own comic book series through Kickstarter called Die Kitty Die since 2016. Here he is, Dan Parent. Okay, on the phone today I have Dan Parent. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. And uh, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your career, and I guess to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in comic books and drawing and writing. <laughs> well, I, um, I've always been a comic book fan since I was, as long as I can remember. Uh, starting out, of course, with Harvey Comics. As most <laughs> people know, I love Harvey Comics. Uh, and Archie. Uh, those were my two first comics, and then I uh, got into superhero comics as I got older. Uh, but I was always into always into um, comic books of one in one form or another, and I always was drawing. So when I was in high school, I kept it up. I was in all the art clubs, and then uh, I decided it was boy, what I wanted to do for a career. So I went to the Joe Huber School of Cartoon Art, which a lot of professionals in our industry have attended. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate um, when I went there because uh, Archie Comics would come there every year and look for talent. And luckily, when they came in back in my second year of school, or beginning of third year, I should say, it's a three-year school, mm-hmm. um, they liked some of my samples. And they hired me um, while I was still in school. So I was doing, like, you know, like started doing, like, simple, like, one-page gags and things mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, um yeah, and then and then when I graduated, when I graduated, they had an opening to work up in the office. So I then started working in up uh, in the actually in the Archie offices. Cool. Now, and we're, I've been there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were uh, drawing in school in your portfolio, was it in the Archie style, or is it just they just liked your work? Uh, some of it was in the Archie style. I mean, when I knew they were coming, of course, I, I did some Archie samples. Yeah. You know, as a few other people did, too. Uh, but I, my stuff was always sort of like cartoony, semi-cartoony. Yeah. Um, I always like you know had that sort of style, so it did it did fit in well with, with the Archie look. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, that was and so it was just I guess I just was a fit for Archie, which is good. Is I don't know what else I would have done, so it worked out pretty well. <laughs> and now, were you mentored by Dan DiCarlo, or how did that work? Mm-hmm. I think in the early years you were, yeah. Yeah, it was great because when I started there, you know, they would have um, whenever it was I or one of the other new artists started there, they would always sort of like um, try and get us to. When when Dan DiCarlo would come into the office one or two days a week to bring work in, and they would always try and and when when he came in uh, to have us show him our work, and he would sort of like you know go over it a little bit. Uh, which was very helpful. And then uh, back in the early '90s, when I was at Archie for a few years, they were uh, Dan was trying to slow down a little bit. Hmm. So what he would do is he would lay lay out pages, and I would finish them. Hmm. So he'd, he'd bring in like you know like these like really pretty rough layouts, and I would tighten them up. And uh, we did that for a couple of years. Hmm. Um, so you'll see a lot of like, like the, some of the you'll see some of the old issues of. Betty and Veronica Digest, or Betty and Veronica Spectacular, you'll see that it says, you know, art by Dan DiCarlo and Dan Parents. I would, I would finish those. Okay. And I really learned a lot of that. I think my art, I think my art improved a lot uh, at that point mm-hmm. because I was drawing right over Dan DiCarlo, so it was imp- impossible not to pick that up and <laughs> get better. Were you doing inking too, or just the tightening the pencils? Uh, just tightening the pencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was doing a little inking here and there and other stuff, but uh, on Dan's stuff, I was just uh, doing the pencils. Mm-hmm. 
And then about what time did you start getting stories on your own, or was that all along you just had some with Dan or not? <laughs> um, I started getting, well, I started doing, uh, I think when I was there, um, a few months, maybe six months, I got my first, like, five-page story. You know, it was almost the Archie stories, and that time ran five and six pages. Mm-hmm. So I would get, I started getting those kinds of stories. Then I started doing a lot of stuff for the Digest, too, because the Digest were, it's so many at the time, needed so much material. Uh, and at that time, they would put they put you know several new stories in each digest, so th- there was a lot of material that needed to be filled. Mm. So I do a lot of stories for the digest and um, specials. You know, I didn't have a regular series until um, I did the Veronica book in 1989. That was my first like full full book. Mm. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they kept me busy. And then when I when I also was working up in the office. I was also there. You know, I was there. We were really working in the office during the day and doing freelance at home at night. So I was mm-hmm. really working around the clock. Hmm. Um, but when I was working in the office, I was doing licensing. Okay. So, I, you know, so we worked on a lot of, and I learned a lot of that too, how to, you know, pack, do package design and that kind of stuff too. So it was a good learning experience. Now, were you allowed to do your freelance work at work, or no? They said you have no, to do that after. No, okay. <laughs> no. I wish. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes during lunchtime, I would. They, yeah. Basically. You're getting paid a freelance rate for that. That's not that was I was getting a salary oh, to work on oh, staff. I see. So yeah. they try to keep that separately. So that, that lasted for about ten years. Um, I think in, in 1996 or 97, I, I they told me to go freelance mm. because they had a lot of material. I was really nervous about it because I liked you know getting the steady paycheck. Right. Um, I was always worried about being freelance, but it, of course it, it worked out great. I you know just. Um, it's just kind of nervous when you're when you're used to getting a salary. Right, right. Um, well, when, you know, I never knew you worked full time. So when you were doing that, what what does licensing entail? Well, it depends. Like, you know, sometimes they would want designs for like you know card games or rack toys. Um, I did an Archie calendar that I think I worked on that for like a year. It's like a long, long time with Rex Lindsay. We worked on a calendar together. Hmm. And then we did a, uh, Bill Gallier and I did a set of uh, Archie trading cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was probably, I think there was a hundred different cards. So that was another project that was pretty much like a year in the making. Wow. Um, and, I would work, and then I would also work on regular Archie stuff too like I'd work on production for those, the Archie books too mm-hmm. um, but I would kind of you know work on licensing as much as they needed me which was quite a bit mm-hmm. did you come up very busy. did you come up with ideas yourself or did you just get say we're doing a card set now or we're doing a calendar oh, now or what oh definitely because yeah, oh, yeah we, we had to do the ideas too because you know we, we had to for the trading cards it was all mostly recycled art so we had to like basically go through and find covers and uh, panels that we liked so we had to go through all the archives and find the original art make sure we had a film for it you know back mm-hmm. then everything was on film it wasn't you know on a digital file mm-hmm. uh, so we had to go do that and then same thing with the calendar the calendar was mostly new art so okay. Rex Lindsay and I did a lot of new art on that but we again this is back you know the days when we had to like set it all up ourselves uh, so mm-hmm. we were doing all the typesetting ourselves and <laughs> you know just pre-photoshop <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have that calendar but I, I did find a calendar for 2020 this year did you work on that one? <laughs> I, I, I didn't but they used a lot of my artwork on it oh okay uh, that's of, what it was my, okay. yeah a lot okay. of my style guide are, are yeah yeah mm-hmm. but the one we did I think it was a 19 it was a 1990 calendar uh, the one I did with Rex because yeah. it actually started out as an 89 calendar and I think <laughs> 
It went, we, we, were, we, we went so long on it, we had to make it in 1990. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I have that one because I was like, ooh, Archie calendar, because it didn't come out very often. I mean, right, I, did, right. I did that this last year. I go, ooh, Archie calendar. And I was like, yeah. wow, it's drawn in the standard style. I didn't know if it was new artwork or, like you said, uh, you know, just already stock art. But, you know, it's like... <laughs> Um, yeah. It's kind of cool because, you know, everything, and, you know, I always wanted to ask you about this, everything changed over to, like, the realistic-looking Archies, and right. I was wondering at that point, were you kind of fearing for your job at that point, since you tended to draw in the uh, DiCarlo-type style? I, I wasn't really fearing for it. I mean, I was wondering how, how far it would go, because Riverdale... Well, first there was the new style, which was very popular. Right. Which also, I think, helped bring in the, the bring in Riverdale. Um, and then, but the, but there always was a classic. There was always was fans of the classic because even there's always been some people that just didn't like the new style. Right. <laughs> and some people some people did like it. Um, but the digests are still always like the best selling books we put out. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely and then there's still that, that clamoring for the classic style. So. I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I was worried. I just. I guess I just figured whatever happens happens. You know, at this <laughs> point, I was doing it for a long time, so I can't complain if it's you know. Uh, but I just kept faith, my, kept the faith that it that I knew I knew from doing conventions and stuff that there was a lot of people who did not want to let go of the classic stuff. Right. And I know you. In more recent times, there was like miniseries like Your Pal Archie and things like that. So I guess it, mm-hmm. it, it, the original st- or that style made a comeback. I can't say that's the original style either because <laughs> DiCarlo's style is different from, say, Montana's or somebody else's. You know, so right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, my style is a little different from other people's, but you can still tell the classic style, you know, pretty easily over the uh, new style. Right. Now, um, during the course of events, um, you know, uh, there are various characters introduced, and um, I believe you created Kevin Keller, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how how did that come about? Did they say, we need a new character, uh, make him gay, or (laughs) was it that simple, or was it a little more involved than that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, what happened at the time was, uh, this is around 2009, and uh, the the two old bosses... um, Michael Silverclay and Richard Goldwater passed away. Mm-hmm. So the, the company went into the, the new hands, um, including John Goldwater, who was the brother uh, of Richard Goldwater. And of course, he was like 25 years younger and had a different outlook. And he was like, why is Riverdale so like white in the 50s-ish? And <laughs> like, well, you know, it, it, it is, that's true. And so he just said, you know, just we just need more diversity. We just, we just need to make Riverdale more 20th century. Mm-hmm. So that was the first, that was the, where we were going first. Mm-hmm. So we created, we brought in a lot of new characters to Riverdale. We like flooded the, the school with a ton of new characters mm-hmm. just to see which ones would kind of stick. And that went, that went well. People liked it. And then we were like, um, we, you know, can we do a gay character? Because at this time it was 2010 and like, you know, Will and Grace is popular TV. It, you know, it was a lot of gay characters on TV. Right. It didn't seem like such a taboo. And then John was like, you know, I can't really think of a reason not to do it. Yeah. So, so let's just do it. <laughs> and and uh, we did, and you know there was some backlash, a little bit of backlash, but um, the Archie fans liked Kevin right away. Mm-hmm. Like the diehard Archie fans really liked Kevin, so yeah. um, so that you know that went well. And we just figured, like you know, if we liked, if we want to do something, we liked, we feel we feel good about it. We're just going to do it. Yeah. Whereas the old guard sort of we used to worry a little too much. Like <laughs> we would we would want we'd do like a story and 
you know, like um, with an interracial theme or something, or dating, which is not a big deal at all. But right. there was always this like a little bit of worrying about, well, you know, people in the Midwest might not like it. And yeah. I'm like, why are we worried about people in the Midwest? Like, why? I mean, I don't think they're all. I don't think they would really care. That, to be honest, but yeah. you know, they didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Well, even other stories that have been done over the years are kind of like they never would have done them in the old days, like Afterlife with Archie, <laughs> or right. or even right. Archie getting married or uh, Archie yeah. dying or whatever. You know, all those well, have that's done. the thing. That's <laughs> the thing. You, you, we, you, we've taken chances in the last ten years, mm-hmm. and it, it it pays off because people want to see different stories. For many many years, um, as much as I enjoyed working on a lot of the Archie stuff. Um, there was a lot of years we played it very safe. Yeah. And there were so many stories we wanted to do that weren't allowed to do. Um, but they, they did get a taste of that. It was when Richard and John were still, uh, Richard and uh, Michael were still there. It was when we did do the Archie Mary storyline. Like, that was one of the few storylines they, they approved that was kind of like pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that was such a huge hit. Mm-hmm. So they wanted, they did want to. I think they were in they were in the mindset of, of doing some changes. Yeah. Oh, of course, then they around the time they passed away. So, I think they could see that they we needed to sort of you know branch out. Now, besides but, Ke- besides Kevin, did you were you the creator of any other characters in recent times that were of note? Uh, well, I've created some other characters that you know maybe weren't as popular as Kevin, but like Ginger Lopez is the character I created. Mm-hmm. Uh, I created Jughead's sister Jelly Bean. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, back in the nineties. Uh, so there's been like those like like uh, incidental characters. Uh, Mrs. Lodge, I didn't create Mrs. Lodge, obviously, but <laughs> I, I I named her, gave her her name, and sort of gave her like a gave her gave her more of a spotlight when the Veronica series started. Mm-hmm. Because before that, you rarely saw Mrs. Lodge. You right. Every once in a while, she was just very, you know, it was always Mr. Lodge. Right. <laughs> so now she, she kind of appeared more after that. Um, so, yeah, there's been some uh, incidental characters. Um, like uh, Bridget was another character. I don't think she's been on the Riverdale yet, but um, she was their character who was like a singer. Um, I created her back in the 90s. So, um, but yeah, I've, uh, I've had some fun creating characters. And did you uh, help create any of those storylines that we were talking about? Like Archie got married, or was that uh, independent of you? I didn't work on the first one. I just worked on the most recent one, the 10th anniversary storyline. Okay. Okay. I worked on that. Um, I worked on the um, Archie um, Loves Valerie storyline, or he has like a little fling with Valerie from right. Josie and the Pussycats. Right. So um, that one I. I um, came up with that idea and wrote that drew it too so that was that was fun that was like my one of my favorites uh-huh. uh, favorite storylines i ever did mm-hmm. so like nowadays uh because the diversity and the different ability to experiment and things like that uh are they open to any idea or are they still hesitant of certain things uh barring like being ex- sexually explicit or something like that i'm not talking about right. that but you know is there is anything that's still kind of a no-no like oh don't go there that you've been not, told <laughs> not really i mean he's always like bringing john goldwater is always like bring us ideas i want to oh. see what you have in mind so no, he, they're always very open to ideas i mean some get rejected of course yeah but um but there's nothing really that's not not that they're not willing to listen to well that's cool Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to do. I wanted to do a cover. Like I say, one one thing that I rejected. <laughs> and I still want to do it. Was uh, I had a cover where um, um, Betty and Veronica are, are on the cover, and they're like in maternity blouses, and they're like pregnant, and Archie has this like puzzled look on his face, like uh oh. <laughs> but but then but then you read the storyline, and the storyline is one of those stories like where. You know, they pretend to be pregnant in school. Right, you know, right. like they, yeah. they, they pretend to have like a, like a baby. So we, that was like the story. 
and I just wanted to do like a like a shock, kind of like a shock value cover, right? <laughs> uh, but that that they but that they rejected. They said that was too 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 much to think that Archie would be like, you know, impregnating Betty and Veronica. So <laughs> that, that that didn't that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday. But, but I know uh, you know they've done ones in the past where you know the cover set acts like Archie's in the military, and of course he's you know younger than military age and things like that. And then of course it turned out it was just you know. A test or recruiting or something like that it wasn't the real thing. Right. I can't remember the exact story, but it was like right. an early. Yeah, there was 70s. like that Archie. He got Archie got drafted story. Yeah, like yeah. Back in the 60s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what's kind of on the horizon for Archie nowadays? I mean, it's like it seems like the TV show Riverdale and now Katie Keene. They're mm-hmm. pretty popular and stuff like that. Is yeah. there like uh, movies or cartoons or anything else? On the horizon, well, got, I know they've got like more Sabrina coming on Netflix. I know Riverdale was renewed for another season. Um, I know they've got some animation deals in the works. I'm not sure the, all the details of it, but I know they've got some of those things in the works. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of like media, different media things going on. And, cool. you know, as far as the comics go, we're you know um, still doing you know some like, uh, actually working on a, a, a like a, a book right now that I can't can't say it yet. They're going to announce it I think this week. So. Mm. Um, it's another fun crossover. That's cool. And um, um, I just finished Archie meets the B fifty twos, which was a lot of fun. Right, right. Um, and um, yeah, they just uh, you know we just some of these things just go very randomly. Yeah. And they're the, those are usually like the most fun. Yeah, I was going to mention like the the crossovers and stuff like that. So I'll just ask about them. I mean, yeah. who, do you bring in the ideas for those, or is it the various groups like Kiss or? The Ramones or even the monkeys, do they pursue Archie and say, Hey, can you do something about us? Or a little it both? works out both ways. Like, okay. sometimes it works out both ways. Like, um, B52s was my idea. Okay. Because cool. I just, um, <laughs> I just mentioned it to Fred Schneider on Facebook and he thought it was a cool idea. So it all kind of came loose from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and, that, and I think because we had done the Ramones and other groups that they were like a little, they were more into it. Right. Um, but like Kiss came about, like I think uh, my boss, you know, John Goldwater, knows Gene Simmons. Oh, okay. That was sort of just like a handshake friendly deal. <laughs> and then we did like it just some of our, like Predator just was like one of those things at a meeting. We were like, what would be a crazy idea? Archie beats Predator. And then they just mentioned it to Dark Horse who had the license, and they said yes, and that was a deal. So it just, some of these things are very random. Sharknado was my was what okay. came through me because I met um, uh, the producers of Sharknado at, at Comic Con. Uh-huh. And I did a commission for that with Archie, like battling a Sharknado scene, and um, <laughs> that just that stemmed. We got, you know, people liked it on social media, and it just happened. So we did a Archie meets Sharknado one shot, and that was uh, it sold really well. Cool. <laughs> how, how about the Star Trek one? <laughs> um, well, Star Trek, we didn't. Um, we only did a uh, cover for that. Oh, really? Was, I like, thought there was a yeah. series or a one shot. Oh, okay, forgive me. <laughs> yeah, we, we we did a cover because for. Um, IDW was doing the Star Trek book. Okay. And they were doing like Archie themed covers that month. So I oh, okay. I that's what Star I saw. Archie okay. Once. That was cool. Okay. And then uh, the, you did one of the TV show Glee. You know, I did Glee. Yeah. Uh, Glee was yeah. Glee did, was really big at that time. Did uh, you pursue that one, or did they come to you? That they came to us. Well, okay. that was when Roberto Sacasa was working for us. Roberto Garza Castle, he does well. He works on Riverdale now. He's in charge of Riverdale. And that was one of the first projects he did when he came to, to Archie because he was working on Glee. Mm-hmm. So he, he got us the, the deal for that. And um, 
that was that was probably one of that was a really tough book because <laughs> there were so many there were so many characters and they had to approve their likenesses mm. and it was uh it was a lot of work mm-hmm. a lot of work <laughs> how, how about some earlier ones well what, this one you were there uh when archie meets predator not predator uh the terminator that was like one of the earlier ones so how did that one come about uh, we didn't know we, we never did Terminator. We did Archie meets the Punisher. Punisher, that's what I was thinking. I'm, I, yes. I apologize. Yeah, Punisher right. is what I was thinking. Yeah. Archie meets the Punisher. Yeah, that was back when um when I was yeah back in my days back in the Archie art department. Yeah, Stan Goldberg worked on that. Uh, John Buscema, and then um um yeah, that was that was a fun that was a fun project. Mm-hmm. And again, did uh, you pursue Marvel, or did Marvel come to you, or how did that one? Yeah, you know, I don't. Remember exactly. I think it was one of those meetings where Victor Gorelick at the time was was uh, meeting with someone at Marvel, and it just kind of came up. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, two years ago, I worked on Archie Meets Batman '66, which was oh, yeah. uh, probably my favorite. That was my favorite project, I think. Mm-hmm. That, cool. that was fun, and, and we know we're friends with DC, so that was one of those things that. Right. Uh, actually, I pitched uh, that with um, Steve Orlando, and I pitched that mm-hmm. together. And then Steve Orlando couldn't write it because um, he was committed to other stuff. Once it finally came through, mm-hmm. so then it, um, you know, uh, Jeff Parker ended up writing it. Um, but yeah, we had pitched that one. I think it took a few years to get that one going. Mm-hmm. And then there's the crazy team up now of um, you know uh, Red Sonja and Vampirella meeting. Ben oh yeah, I yeah, I haven't read that one yet. But yeah, so <laughs> that, one's pre- that one's crazy. That mm-hmm. one's crazy. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing. I did all the covers for the for the issues, or, and then I did. I drew one issue of that. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, let's see. Another one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you work on that one, or is that? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I remember okay. that one. That was another one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And the one I was going to think of that was way back, I was just curious if you knew anything about it, because it's always kind of a quirky comic, uh, the Archie Soupy Sales crossover. Oh, that's right. Do you yeah. know anything about the history on I that? I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. No, I, I remember, I know I've seen it, you know, I've seen yeah. it before, and like, I think I have a, I think, I think I have a copy of it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was another, that was like, uh, Soupy Sales was a big deal at the time. Yeah. I was just wondering if that was another case where he they came to you or you came to them or whatever. But yeah, yeah no, before no. all our times, I know. <laughs> yeah. that would, yes, that would be for my time. Yes. <laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned Victor Goralic, and, of course, we've lost him recently. I was just wondering if you had some, and I met him a few times, and he was a very nice man to me. Uh, I was just wondering if you had any funny stories or any memories that you'd like to share with us. Well, the thing I liked about Victor was just, we just would sit there and talk for hours in his office. About random stuff, you know, we were like, you know, just, you know, just TV shows, movies, and he was just really fun to talk to. Mm Mm-hmm. As we got older, like the subject matter would change more from like TV shows to like our you know, prostate exams and things that <laughs> happen as you age. But <laughs> we always had fun, we always found plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor was very funny. He had a very dry sense of humor, like very like sarcastic sense of humor, which I always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really um, will miss him. I miss him because he was he was like a, he was a real mentor to me, sort of a father figure. And, um, so he was uh, and he's like he's the guy who plucked me out of Hubert School. He's the one that came and. Um, uh, looked at my portfolio and um, mm-hmm. you know gave me my first work so you know I really owed a lot to him and it was uh, you know I really um, he he was Archie he was yeah. you know <laughs> he defined that that company 
Well, did he work there longer than anybody else? It seems like yes. He did. Yeah, Sixty, 62 years. Wow, <laughs> which is which is insane. And uh, well, I mean, he was sixteen when he started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, he was, you know, so yeah, sixty-two years. I mean, that's <laughs> who works anywhere sixty-two years. I mean, thirty, forty years is a good run, but sixty-two—that's that's right. That's beyond belief. Right. Uh, do you know how he got hired or anything like that? I, I don't really know the information. I, mean. I know the, he was working like in the mailroom mm-hmm. when he started, mm-hmm. and then he worked in the art department. You know, and then he kind of just worked his way up to like art director. And, you know, he, he did he did leave for a short period of time to go into the military, mm. and then he came back. And um, but yeah, he just worked his way up to uh, you know managing editor, assistant editor, or became the editor, and then he was you know. Vice President, then editor in chief. So he just, you know, had a, a real long, steady rise at Archie. And was he was he a fan prior to working there? Is that what it was? And he just said, "Hey, I want to work here," or is he just wanting to be in comic books in general? You know, I'm not really. I don't know if he was a fan of Archie beforehand. I'm not really sure about what his history before that was. Yeah, because that would have been back in that would have been back in the '50s when he started. Yeah. So Archie was still around. Archie had still been around for like you know 16, 17 years. So right. I'm sure he must have must have known about Archie. Yeah. But um, but yeah, he just became you know he just became the you know the Archie guy. Uh, you know everyone who thought of Archie Comics always thought of Victor right and you know you've worked with um, other people I mean we mentioned Dan DiCarlo I mean do you have any uh, fond memories of him of course <laughs> oh absolutely oh he, yeah he was such a um, sweet guy he was so easy to work with and he had no ego whatsoever like you know people would, would, would gush over his work and he just would be like oh I can't you know really like you really feel that way like, he just didn't have an ego at all <laughs> Uh, which I found astounding because I always like you know was was drooled over his artwork. It was always so nice, and um, you know I just again uh, he, he showed me a lot of you know of you know how to improve my work, and uh, he was just very generous and very nice. And um, Stan Goldberg too. I worked with yeah. Stan Goldberg, and he was also very a real sweet guy and um, really easy to talk to. Um, and yeah, there was they, they really, um, and then I, when I also used to work with Dexter Taylor, well, I was mm-hmm. Mr. A Little Archie, yeah, and he used to work in the office um, um, in the, sometimes. Again, just uh, a very, very sweet, humble guy. <laughs> so in my experience, there wasn't a lot of like uh, diva or, or you know <laughs> um, ego egos at Archie. It was there? Everybody was pretty down to earth. How about Sam Schwartz, or is he before your time? Uh, Sam Schwartz, I did make a few. He was funny as hell. He was okay. really funny. <laughs> and I did wear one one story where this is like early nineties, and he, there was this is when they were doing those like uh, Fred Greenberg conventions in the city, and it was like at the Hotel Pennsylvania, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was a convention, and I was I um, had to take him somewhere. I forgot why we were going there, and I was trying to get him back down to the convention. Mm-hmm. It was the floor, and I, I somehow I got us lost on the elevator, and then we ended up in the <laughs> kitchen on one of the floors. And I was like, we taking him through through hell, and I was I, we were both, I was just tragically lost. Mm-hmm. And um, but he was so funny about it. He, he was like so, you know, I, I was really embarrassed, as so I was just trying to you know not make a fool out of myself. <laughs> and he just was very again, just very very you know nice and. He always made jokes about it too. Like you know, I don't. You know, he always told Victor, "Do not ever let him take me anywhere again." But, 
he was just uh, fun. Mm-hmm. And um, his his he was re- you know the way when you when you look at his work it's it's just like the way he is yeah it was like a little offbeat and sar- sarcastic and <laughs> not quite the nor the norm you know it wasn't like the right. regular Archie stuff right I mean at first but, I didn't think I liked his stuff I liked the Jughead title and the character mm-hmm. but you know there was something odd about his stuff and then it grew on me and I said wow I like this guy but at first I was like huh. You know, this is more like yeah. uh, in the seventies, you know, in the you know yeah. early eighties, and then you know, and I didn't even know his name at first. I said they just got this weird artist, and I didn't know he went back further, you know, back to the sixties and fifties. I thought he was a current artist, and it was more yeah. that he. I think he kind of changed his style from pen pen to ink. Uh, excuse me, brush to pen or something like that. So, uh, well, his early stuff um, looked a lot more like Montana and the other yeah, artists. Yeah, and then he definitely branched in the sixties. He really when he when he really started taking over Jughead, he just sort of like you know branched into that eccentric style of his that was perfect for Jughead. <laughs> Now, in your uh, years there, um, this might he might be before your time. Did you ever meet Harry Lucy or no? I never got a chance to meet Harry Lucy oh. because I think he passed away in the early eighties. Yeah, so that was before my time. Yeah. Oh, when did you start yeah. again? I thought you started. I started, I started in eighty seven. Oh, okay, eighty seven. Okay, I thought you started earlier yeah. than that. Okay, <laughs> I knew it was in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't yeah, know eighty seven from the year here. Uh, <laughs> But who's yeah. counting anyway? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, well, here's a person that I think he's still with us. Bob Bowling. Do you, do you ever have any interactions with him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Bowling's still around. I haven't seen him in a while, but mm-hmm. I, I saw him a few years ago, like four, five years ago. I was at a convention in Miami, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Uslan interviewed um, him and me on a panel. Oh, cool. And um, that was fun. And Bob again. Uh, he's still sharp as a tack. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny. And he was last time he sent a little Archie story, and was a couple of years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was still good. Like you know, he still, you know, didn't, he hadn't lost a thing. He, he, his drawing was still right on the money. Cool. And I think he's like he now. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he's like the, the longest, the oldest survivor now from the old days yeah, of Archie. Like, I think that. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think he's. I want to say. I hope I don't make him older than he is, but. I think he's around 95. Yeah, I was going to say he's probably in his 90s by now, but yeah. I don't know. And he was age. doing work up until a couple of years ago, <laughs> so he's, you know, pretty impressive guy. Right. <laughs> um, how about, uh, well, he's a writer. George Gladder, did you, you know, you worked oh, with yeah. him, obviously. <laughs> there was a lot of his, lots and a lot of his stories. And I, and I remember uh, I used to see him every year at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, they, we, we actually always had a dinner at Comic-Con, and we'd always go, and George was always there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think George passed away. I want to say 2013. I think he passed away right around now. that time. I'm guessing. Yeah. But um, but I remember um, always seeing George and always like getting a picture with him, and mm-hmm. uh, he just was really just a yeah, another really sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anybody else? Oh, like Bill Wagen. Did you ever meet him, or is that before your time? <laughs> Bill Wagen. Uh, yeah, he was before my time. Or uh, yeah. John Lucas. I think he took John over. John Lucas. Case. I've met. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's uh-huh. a nice guy. Yeah, I just met him at a. I think in California, one of the California cons, I met him mm-hmm. uh, years ago. Um, and again, very nice, very nice guy. 
And then, so, you know, you, of course you mentioned like uh, some of the more recent artists and stuff like that. And um, uh, it seems like everybody gets along pretty well now, <laughs> as always, you know. It's, yeah, I mean, I work with Bill Gallier a lot because we went to, we went to Keyword School together. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been good friends for many years. And um, he, he's, he went off and did his own thing for a while, worked for different companies. But um, he's writing a lot of the digest stories that I'm working on now. Okay. And, um, and um, yeah, so he's, he was a uh, one, another uh, guy who came out of Huber School and worked for Archie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Craig Boldman, I think he's <laughs> Craig Boldman. Yeah, yeah, worked with him a lot. He's great. I see him um, at certain conventions. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's a, or another really funny guy. He had a really good run on Jughead mm-hmm. with Rex Lindsay. They had a really they had a really nice run. Mm-hmm. How, how do they choose who draws or writes a particular story? I mean, obviously, if you come up with something, you're probably going to write it or draw it. But, I mean, uh, do they assign anything to you or anything like that? Or? I, I mean, I usually I usually get the girl stuff because I <laughs> tend to draw the girls better. So mm-hmm. um, so I usually get, like, Betty and Veronica stuff. I've always done yeah, mostly that. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason. Um yeah. For who gets what? Sometimes it's just like a, you know, it depends on who's available. Like right. they might, a, a title might come up, and they just get the guy who's the most available all the time. Right. Um, but sometimes they try, and you know, they'll know like certain people are better at certain stuff. Like some guys are a little better at drawing adventure, so they might use them for adventure. Right. Um, some guys might draw girls in fashion a little better, they might use them. But so there's there's a, few, a variety of reasons, but right. But it, it looks like, yeah, they just give everybody a little bit of everything more than what they did in the past where, like, Archie was Harry Lucy's domain and Betty and Veronica was Dan DiCarlo's domain and Sh- Sam Schwartz had Jughead and everything like yeah. that. So yeah. pretty much everybody does everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely uh, shake it up a lot more. Because nowadays, like, the books are done, done differently now. Like, you know, back then, you know, Jug- you know Sam Schwartz would have drawn, like, Ten years of Jughead straight without break. Mm-hmm. Everything, more things are more done in like five and issue, five and six issue story arcs now. Like mm-hmm. because you know, now the marketplace is different. They do books to collect on trades and that kind of thing. Now, when you do a story that's kind of generic, let's say like a five page story that's not really fitting into anything or a crossover or anything like that, uh, do you know if it's going to end up in a, a standard comic book uh, size or a digest, or do you know that going into it where it's going to end up? I pretty much know where it's going to go up. End up uh, usually like most of the five and six page stories now go right to digest. Right, right. I've got but, to but like what they get the digest stories, the um, like the Betty and Veronica digest stories, I do usually follow a certain theme as they end up in the Betty and Veronica Friends Forever book. Mm-hmm. So we try and do like four stories that have like a similar theme. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know then. Uh, what was I going to ask? Uh, uh, I always kind of ask, you know, people who do artwork and things like that, what type of uh, uh, tools that you use, you know, uh, pencils, pens, inks, whatever. Uh, so Nothing fancy. I use um, just you know, one of those, like, cheapo big click pens, pencils, <laughs> you know, the click pencils that you see at your drugstore. I use those. Cool. Um, and then for inking, I use um, uh, these Faber-Castell pens. There's pit pens. They're like a get our supply stores they're india ink but they're like in a marker form so they're easier to you know maneuver mm-hmm. so i don't have to like use the you know the, the brush and pen of old days it's sort of like in a ink you know in a pen form mm-hmm. so um, i use those um and then of course everything is basically i draw draw it on paper but i 
scan it into the computer now and do, you know clean up and render in Photoshop because that's just you know the reality of it. But a lot of people work only in Photoshop or digitally. But if I I'm old school, so I draw it on paper because I also like to be able to sell the artwork at conventions and things like that too. Yeah. Is there a push by Archie or anybody to go digital, or do they just leave you to your own devices? Yeah, they, they're fine with whatever works for us. Okay. They just, you know, we just deliver the final product to them. Okay. Um, they don't care how it's created as long as it, they like, as long as it, the final product looks good. Cool. Um, now, do you generally do your own inking, or is it sometimes turned over? Um, I do my own inking on my covers. Okay. Uh, usually the interiors are inked by someone else because I don't I usually have enough time to uh, ink the interiors but uh, covers I do because I usually just use the covers complete I'll usually ink and color the covers and then all I have to do is just send them a digital file cool uh, which is easier for them and then they don't have to well, yeah, it's all done and they just have to like you know plop a logo on it right and uh, I'll start asking you some questions about some other things that you've done um uh, you worked on uh, Felix the Cat for a number of years. How, what was that experience like? Uh, that was cool. It was cool. I um, uh, worked. I worked actually when I went on when I finished at Archie um, in the late nineties. I just started going in a day or two a week to Felix the Cat because it's only an hour from my house. I live in Pennsylvania and in New Jersey. Um, the Felix Studios are there, mm, okay. and um, and Felix is you know was a family owned business up until a few years ago. Like like Archie, who's right. owned by just a family, the Oriola family. So um, yeah, I, I used to go there, and I, I worked on a license thing again, yeah. like T-shirts and wow. designs for toys and stuff. Uh, and I worked on some other comics because they were putting out comics for a few years. And I worked on those, uh, but it was cool. It was, it was a, like a nice. Um, it was like a cool side side gig for Archie and something a little different mm-hmm. and um, and you know I love classic you know I love Felix the cat growing up so uh, yeah it was um, really cool really really fun now there's no conflict of interest like Archie was like hey quit working on that Felix stuff or something <laughs> no no the characters were different enough mm-hmm. uh, where there wasn't an interest a conflict I was working on a in the early 90s I did do a book uh, for Felix called 13 something and it was like a teen book Yeah. and uh, Archie wasn't too happy about that oh. they thought it was a little close they said they said yeah you can't do that because you're working on similar subject matter right so st- try not to work on that so I um, <laughs> so I, I, I just worked on the, I, just went, I just worked on the Felix stuff then yeah uh, which can, you know this is before your time too but you're aware of it you know it's like there's a time where like Marvel and DC and everybody had their own titles that seemed to emulate the Archie style, and some of the same artists crossed over. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you know any stories from back then uh, that you might have heard? You know, if there was any conflict of interest, if somebody drew for Millie the Model or uh, Scooter well, or something like that. <laughs> well, Stan Goldberg drew Millie the Model for for many years, yeah. and that's, that was that was before he came to Archie. Oh. Um, and, so, and then I think there was a little bit of a crossover. I think he was doing Millie and Archie at the same time for a little while. Yeah. But he was doing Millie first, so it wasn't like Archie or would say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, Henry Scarpelli did Binky. Right. And that, um, and then he did a lot of Archie stuff. So, and then um, there was the, the only controversial story I know is that Sam Schwartz left Archie to start Tower Comics. Right. Okay. Tippy Teen. Yeah. And I guess that was a little, that was there was a little bit of conflict there because he was um, like fired <laughs> for Archie, and uh, so of course he wasn't doing Jughead anymore. So he kind of became—I think he was like editor in chief of, of Tower Comics too. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, Tippy, I think those comics, I think they, they did okay for a couple of years. Yeah. But then they folded after a few years, and then um, Archie took him back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there was a few like stipulations that he do not that he not do that again. <laughs> okay, so there there um, was a bit of uh, hand slapping around there, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just kind of curious about yeah. that because it seems like there was a while there where every um, publisher had some sort of Archie type knockoff for a while, and then you know even Harvey oh, yeah. had Bunny, which didn't really Bunny. look like Archie, but you know, and right. uh, Charlton had a couple that I think John D'Agostino drew or wrote or something right. like that. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it just it, it was like you know just showed that Archie was so popular. Well, there was Archie was the number one seller selling company for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, even selling Marvel in DC at some point. Uh, I think the number one comic in 1969 was Archie, yeah. the Archie title. Um, so yeah, so the, so it's only natural that you know all the other companies were you know copying them. And then so then sometimes they had characters like Millie and Binky, who kind of they had like an Archie makeover. Like they didn't, they weren't originally looking like that. Right. right. They, 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 were, they were more realistic looking, and then suddenly they became very Archie esque. Yeah. But I guess you can't copyright a design per se, so I guess they're kind of stuck right. with that. Yeah. Right, you can't really copyright design. I think they, I think there were some like maybe a couple. I think there was like a lawsuit. Yeah. Here and there, I think I think I want to say Binky. I think I think I think they got mad because like they were also using like the same like logo looking letters, like those like Archie style letters, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like using the same colors. Archie always used to use like very like bold color, like they're blue and red letters blue background red letters sometimes they use yellow but they had these very distinct Archie themes for colors and I think DC was using those and I I think there was some conflict there like they tried to sue or they, or they just warned them I don't know there was like a conflict there right uh, but I know that they didn't want Binky and Debbie to use the le- the lettering font mm-hmm. like that was like they thought, so I think they changed it from after that <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was like was this is way back, but there's like a title called Linda that had kind of like the bubble letters that Archie has, you know. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, of course, Archie put out their own, you know. And I was just going to ask about this now that we're back on Archie. Is uh, Archie had their own like knockoffs, like Ginger and uh, Wilbur and things like that, you know. Although Wilbur yeah. kind of predates Archie slightly, but. Um, right. And they had that Wilkin boy. I was just curious on all those, you know, are you at liberty ever bring those back or anything like that, or is it just kind of like those yeah. are done? Okay. Um, they've had, they've brought that Wilkin boy back a few times. You know, oh. not in his own book, but they've used it in stories. Right, um, yeah. And, um, um, and I think, I'm not sure if they've done Wilbur. Well, Wilbur was that Wilkin boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's Wilbur right. morphed. Will Wilbur morphed into that Wilkin boy, right? Right. Um, but yeah, they always, you know, I mean, they've been, they, they they're at liberty to bring any of those characters yeah. back. Because you know, the one I'd like to see come back, which I think I heard rumors uh, that they're bringing back Super Duck. They are okay. I just, I just did a cover for it. Okay, uh, is it going to be uh, news stories or reprints or both? Yeah, or? New stories. Okay. New stories. Yep. It's a okay. five issue, five issue okay. mini series, and it's. Yeah, brand new. And, uh, I think uh, the first issue comes out. I want to say May. I could be wrong, but it comes out soon. Yeah, and then the one I. Yeah, you know, like he, I, I get these little paperback reprints, you know, because they did one recently of Cosmo the Merry Martians. Is there a chance to uh, bring back Tails Calculated to Drive You Bats in a compilation or anything like that, or do you have any say so on stuff like that? I don't really. Um, um, 
that would be cool though yeah they have a, they, there's some cool stories there um but you know they did they did a um a compilation of um what was that title um madhouse they yeah. did a madhouse well craig yo did that a few years ago yeah yeah so yeah they there's you know they're they're up for anything that's cool okay uh well that's my vote uh, well the other also is uh, you know there is a few compilations of some of the sunday strips i'd like to see more of those if you can have a sort of vote you know that appear in yeah. the newspapers Did i was you- just lo- i was just looking through those uh the other day actually and um yeah, and then they had. They also had like uh, these uh, collections of the Bob Montana daily strips too, which are really nice. Yeah, um, I wish I'd do more of those myself. <laughs> um, did Did you speaking of that? Did you ever work on the Sunday strip, or is that just totally independent of uh, what? No, I never worked on the strips. I just did. Um, I, I did. I did one um, like a nine eleven one once. It was like a just, it was a Kevin and Keller themed one. It was, mm-hmm. uh, but at that point, the strip was mostly reprints. Yeah. Around like you know, you know, seven eight years ago, they just went into just recycling. Oh, okay, I, I, was yeah, I don't think they do it anymore, right? Yes, I but... think it does run in a few papers, okay. but it's just re- it's just reprints. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, there was that point when all newspapers started to fold, and it wasn't even financially feasible to be doing a strip anymore. So they just went with reprints. Right. Of course, they had a pretty good run, so it's not too bad. I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he had a, um, Archie was in the papers uh, up until seven eight years ago. Um, you know, with new material, mm-hmm. all the way from the it was the thing the strip was ongoing since the mid fifties. Yeah, but uh, it seems like now the the big cash cow is the TV shows, right? So those are doing well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> um, any, ch- I think I asked this, but any chance of a movie, a motion picture? I w- you know, maybe more in the traditional Archie veins to instead of so mysterious and. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I know that there was there was talks talk of a talk talk of a movie did before Riverdale. Yeah. But then I think with Riverdale now, um, there's so much focus on Riverdale that it would probably have to wait. Yeah. I'm assuming until yeah. after the show it was kind of over. Yeah. You know? Although it'd be kind of interesting to have a humorous movie at the same time as a not, I think so. Not so yeah. humorous TV series, you know. But <laughs> I think I think you know in setting it like back in the 50s or 60s would be would be fun. Right. And you know you could even do it kind of quasi parody like like the Brady Bunch movie or something. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> anyway, those are my suggestions. A um, couple other projects you worked on over the years. Um, you worked on a Barbie title, correct? I was did. That, was that for Marvel? Was that it was they... for Marvel? Okay. Yep. Yep. And yeah, that was um, a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> How so? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it wasn't a nightmare. It was just like I just didn't enjoy it because oh. there's not really much you could do with Barbie. She just kind of exists, and wears clothes. Um, like it made me really realize how much I appreciated Archie because you could do so much with the characters. Right. Whereas Barbie, and I think they've they've lightened up with Barbie since since they've let Barbie be a Toy Story. Right. right. I think that they they've loosed like made her more. Uh, Self-deprecating and you should look you know, yeah. a little more fun. Yeah, well, you can you, know, you kind of folk, you can kind of poke fun at her and Ken now. Or at the time where I drew her, it was like you know, there was no humor at all. Well, also, didn't you have to kind of draw her like a supermodel back then? Because now they have, you know, various dolls of various races and body right. types and body sizes and things like that right. that they didn't have before. Yeah. So you could draw very, draw a very specific way, and um, plus it was always like you know, but you know, you had to always match the style guide with Mattel and. <laughs> Mattel was very picky, and um, you know, I was—I mean, I was glad to do the work because it was, you know, a good-paying job and everything. But mm-hmm. um, probably 
yeah, not my most uh, fun. <laughs> now, was there any conflict with that? Because you said earlier, you know, stay away from doing any sort of teen type stuff. But um, not they were okay that. with that. They were okay with that. Hmm. Um, okay. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, I yeah, they didn't seem to have a problem with were you working on Barbie. Hmm. Is it mainly because there was a toy in their mind or something like that? I guess <laughs> they didn't. They didn't see it as a, as like serious competition. I hmm. guess um, okay. even though the Barbie series did have a, kind of a good run at Marvel for a few years, it was, right. like, it was going for a few years. Um, and Amanda Connor was working on it too at the time. Mm-hmm. She was. She did a nice job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, another project, uh, Die Kitty Die. <laughs> yes. Actually, it's funny because we're actually launching our Kickstarter next week for the next series. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, uh, Die Kitty Die was uh, just something we started on Kickstarter uh, four years ago and uh, did very well. We were quite surprised and happy that it took off the way it did. And we've done three series, mm-hmm. and this will be the fourth series that we're doing coming up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, we it's fun because we just, you know, um, kind of like to pay homage to a lot of uh, comics we like, including Harvey Comics. If you mm-hmm. see it, you'll see a lot of like, little Harvey-ish uh, things in there. Right. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just uh, super fun. It's mm-hmm. just kind of crazy. It's crazy, you know, a little crazier than what we can get away with, like, for Archie and stuff, because it's just, um, uh, there, it, there's a, a certain, like, a, you know, wackiness to it that is, is, you know, just comes out of our heads mm-hmm. that we, you know, it's it's, it's 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 surreal. Basically, it's a kind of like a surreal storyline. Right. Um, but yeah, no, and we're really happy with it. And so we're yeah, we're just um, getting ready to uh, get that Kickstarter ready, which is a pain in the ass. But <laughs> <laughs> that's how we that's how we do that. It's how you that's how we publish that series. It's through okay. Kickstarter. So. I was curious if it was always done that way because I've seen a few of them, but maybe I I saw the resulting product or saw it at your table or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Because well, I do have one. <laughs> it's, it's been published through Chapter House up in Canada. Because okay. they, uh, after we had the successful Kickstarter, uh, we had a couple of publishers uh, interested. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had met with Chapter House. We do a lot of Canadian conventions, and they were really into it. So they actually published our... Um, because we were only doing a trade, we weren't going to do anything else. Um, and the, the monthly, the regular issues are just digital. Uh, but they, um, Chapter House, put out the issues in stores, so they got us into like you know comic shops. Hmm. So they helped us do that. So they, so he, so our Kitty has been you know um, you know been in comic shops thanks to uh, Chapter House. But okay. but as far as like our initial funding goes, we just we do it through Kickstarter because we can sort of have to uh, you know raise enough money to produce it, and we mm-hmm. have creative control. We don't have to like go through any like uh, other channels, which sure. is really nice. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, let's see. And then, of course, you know, one time when I met with you, I think it was in San Diego, uh, you were discussing, and you said earlier today, uh, that your first love was Harvey Comics. And you oh. finally got an opportunity to do a Harvey Comic. Oh, and geez. then and then it went away. What happened there? There was Harvey Hits for Joe Books. <laughs> Harvey Hits for Joe Books. What a what an adventure that was, yeah. It was... Um, yeah, it was fun. Because, I mean, I was excited because I was finally able to, you know, work on something Harvey. You know, Harvey just sort of just, I always missed the boat with Harvey because when I started working in comics, Harvey was defunct because yeah. of the whole, you know, Harvey brothers, the whole family, you know, the whole thing that, you know, you know more than anybody, right. the whole thing that seized publication. Then they came back in the, in the, you know, the late 80s, but I was, you know, at Archie. Mm-hmm. But they never, they never were like the Harvey comics we grew up with. Yeah. 
Well, the, when yeah, they, they came were... back, there was a lot of licensed stuff and a lot of reprints. So, I mean, basically, yeah. the only person that had a job there was Jorge Pacheco. <laughs> so, right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, like, you know, they, they did like they were, then they had like in the early nineties, like they did, like those new kids on the block thing. So, yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. But um, you know, I never really had a chance. And then, then you know, they went in and out of publications in the next few years. But uh, so, so when this thing came up, I was like, oh, you know, it's just a chance to, you know. Re, they're going to reboot Harvey, mm-hmm. but you know, but Joe Books unfortunately was kind of on the way out when this mm-hmm. all happened, and uh, they did the what you know with Harvey hits. I did the Richie Rich story, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was you know the stories were all done in different styles, so. You know, some people didn't like the fact that they were in all these crazy styles, yeah. um, but I, I didn't care as long as they were putting them out. And my my Richie Rich was closer to the um, the original stuff. It was a little different, but it was mine was probably the most traditional of the stories in there. Mm-hmm. And um, they were fun, and you know they put out one issue, mm-hmm. which didn't sell badly. Um, then they were like, you know, not sure what they were going to do. So they decided they were just going to put all, everything into a trade because we, we had all done three or four issues with the material. Right. <laughs> so to put it into a trade would have been nice, and they solicited it through Diamond, and I did the cover for it. And at that point, Joe Books is on life support, and, uh, yeah, they just uh, eventually went out of business. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought so, they just dropped the Harvey license and kept Disney, so they're completely gone. Oh, okay. Well, they're gone. Oh, yeah, they went bankrupt, yeah. Oh, yeah, they lost bit. Disney. When they lost, they lost, like, uh the Disney license to um, I guess IDW I think it was and uh, or Dark Horse Dark Horse yeah. was doing like Frozen and stuff and I think that when that happened that was that was it for them mm. that's too bad okay. and then American Mythology does the other does other Harvey stuff which is still mostly reprint to do a little bit of new stuff yeah um, but they, nobody 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 treats Harvey with the respect they deserve and uh <laughs> I always say it was, you know, when I do my we did a die kitty die, we self publish it, and I always was like to try and see if I could get the license for it, and, and just do like, you know, do it the classic way, yeah. And just even if it was like one, or just like one or two issues a year, you know, like a Richie Rich or a Casper book, yeah. Just to like just to do it the way it's you know meant to, to be, right? You know? um, but. You know, it's a hard sell because kids nowadays don't know what the hell Harvey Comics is. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but Harvey Comics definitely has a, a real fond fan following, even more so now than ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I see it now, like, when you, you know, you, uh, you, when I go to comic shops and I go to conventions, and uh, there's definitely an appreciation now for that that style. That, I- Thanks to me. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh no, definitely. I mean, you're definitely the, the, um, you're, I think I always thought I was the biggest Harvey fan, but I have to give that title to you. Um, Thanks. But um, but I still I still you know it's really you know I still am inspired by all the Harvey stuff. I mean, I have a room in my house that's just Harvey stuff. That's right. Crazy. I've seen that. Um, and, and it's um and, and I you know I um so I you know I just uh, yeah it just um, is very impactful to my wanting to get into comics right and I just um, I'm still you know I still have my I just like the characters because like you know there's just there's some there's some weird quirky characters I just wouldn't cut be they wouldn't make it nowadays uh, right you know like Little Dot is basically clinically insane and I don't think that that would be that would go well now yeah well I, I don't know if you've seen that uh, show well it's had two titles now it's on Netflix. It's a cartoon show. It's called Harvey Street Kids. And now it's called oh, yeah, it, Harvey yeah. Girls Forever. I mean, they right, kind of right. 
they made her black and kind of blanded her right. down to nothing. I mean, the only reason right. you know she's dotted, uh, dot is she has dots on her dress. But you know, it's like, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, and I've watched the show. It's okay. Yeah, it's not like horrible. It's cute. It just isn't. It isn't like the Harvey Comics you grew up with. You know, I would like. I like the fact that little Dot was obsessed with dots. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in little Lotta was just always like really strong. Ate a lot. Yeah. And I know you have to be careful now. You, you know, with kids in obesity, you don't want to like, make a joke out of it. But right. that was the funny part was that he did make jokes about it. Like, you know, little Lotta was like this really like obese little girl, but it didn't like seem to you know didn't seem to bother her. <laughs> like she just right. was very she was a very powerful character. She was just slow and strong and did what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, her and Little Dot were like a good combination because they were just you know very <laughs> very much outcasts as I would I would as I saw them. <laughs> um, but they were fun. I love I love Little Dot's aunts and uncles so much. Right. <laughs> it was crazy. She had all these aunts and uncles. It made no sense. <laughs> like if you think about it, her her grandparents would have had to have had like a hundred kids. <laughs> but it was just it was just nuts. <laughs> but you know that's that's why that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was very convenient to to do. I mean, it's like you know, it's like oh, we need uh, an uncle that's a painter. Well, it's Uncle Painter here, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you can do anything. My favorite was this. Uh, I don't, I just remember. <laughs> I used to like laugh. It was aunt, her auntie Elastic, who was like she could run, yeah. she could erase things with her head. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, somebody had to be tripping on some kind of drugs when they created this this character. <laughs> and then like, and then the little dot felt bad for her because like she was kind of fat and dumpy. Mm-hmm. And, she, and then she said, like, well, she was like a fashion model. And I was like, how is she a fashion model? And then she just stretched herself out to be really tall and thin because she was made of rubber. <laughs> and it was ridiculous because then she'd be like 20 feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, you know, nothing, nothing made sense. It was just so, so out there. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I've had very various conversations with many of the people who work there, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they. I think even more than Archie, I think they got away with a lot more. They really weren't uh, closely watching what was going on, and there's some crazy stuff that they did over the years. So you can tell, you can tell. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know if they would have had, uh, you know, I don't think Archie's ever met. Well, he, didn't he meet Obama? I was trying to think, has he ever met a president? But uh, you know, they had Obama, a, yeah. a baby Huey story where he's meeting JFK and stuff like that. <laughs> you know? well, well, I remember when they had Jackie Jokers and Nixon. Right, right. And then there's yeah. another Richie Rich story where they had these villains, and one of them looked like Nixon. He wasn't called Nixon, but yeah, right. they drew him like that. <laughs> yeah. so definitely knew their you knew their political leaning exactly yeah. <laughs> and this is even before Watergate they just said we don't like this guy <laughs> basically wow. yeah, but um, you know it's, it's kind of funny it was kind of hands off you know and sometimes they got away with things like you couldn't do but I think all the comic companies like uh, you know they had little dot shooting rifle on the cover you oh, know yeah. things like that you can't have that you know? <laughs> oh, there, there were so many dangerous things like her little dot were doing on these covers like, mm-hmm. God. <laughs> Have you seen um, the uh, Ronald Rump comic? No, I don't. I think I've heard of it, but yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> it, it it's it's um, done like in the Harvey style mm-hmm. um, by this guy. In, I forget, forget his name, but he's really good. He's going to be releasing it. At, uh, he's going to be doing a Kickstarter for it. Too. Oh, okay. But it, it, it's just like Donald Trump as Richie Rich. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's drawn beautifully in the old Harvey style. Like, oh, perfectly. cool. All right, and um, and the character is just like you know, like, like well, like 
Rich, Richie Rich, but if Richie Rich was like a, a really like you know spoiled like turd like Donald Trump, so it's really <laughs> funny. It's really really funny. Because <laughs> I know back um, when uh, Bush Jr. was president, uh, uh, it's the guy, and I, now his name escapes me. The guy who does Spy vs. Spy nowadays, I should know his name, but uh, anyway, he did Richie Bush, and you know it was back when oh. you know uh, Bush Jr. was president and everything, and all the terrible things he did at the time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Peter Cooper? Peter Cooper, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, he actually yeah. did work at Harvey at one point, you know, very early on. You know, so, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, it's kind of funny, you know, they always use these cartoons and kind of, you know, take Harvey in kind of strange directions. Like, I don't know if you ever saw uh, Playful Obsession by Dan Close. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Little yeah. octagon. <laughs> and you know, it's like and of course the infamous Casper the Dead Baby that was in Crazy Magazine, things like that. Yes. You know, so yeah. you know. Some people are offended by that type of stuff, but I always thought it was great, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. No, I love it too. I love you know, it too. But I remember like we remember like back when Harvey there was like the Harvey copies too, like Timmy the Timid Ghost. Right. And those <laughs> and you know, I used to buy stuff like that as well, you know, because it's like anything that came out that is even remotely like it. And, of course, I'm a big Dennis the Menace fan, too, and I got all those, you know, so. Yeah, those Fawcett comics, I love those, too. <laughs> so, um, do you still collect, or do you just uh, write and draw nowadays? I do, but um, I have this thing where it's like I need to, like, go through all my comics because I have, like, you know, file, you know, like, like metal cabinets down in my basement that are just, like, Long boxes of Harvey comics, and what happens is I, I'll pick up back you know, bunches of comics, and I always buy doubles and triples of things. So oh, yeah. I have to like categorize what I have because I have like I'll have like the same issue of Little Dots on on and Uncles, I'll have like five copies of one issue. Oops. So, I to, <laughs> so I know so I really have to go through what I have. I'd love to, I'd love to have a complete run of all these books. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, well, of course, now that we're you know stuck in this uh, you know this uh, coronavirus. Uh, yeah situation maybe i'll have more time to go through my comments right. i don't know <laughs> and and of course th this is an inevitable question i usually ask but you know now it's kind of different but we'll just ask i mean uh are there any convention appearances for you in the next few months i mean <laughs> well that'll be to be determined <laughs> um i had i had like a few shows coming up that were like canceled like i had one this weekend in toronto which is canceled mm. and obviously i was going to go to belgium in two weeks oh wow and, that, and that's going to be we're delaying that to the end of November mm -hmm. or no, end of October mm -hmm. uh, and then I was um, well I think those are just the two the next one I have pending is at the end of April uh, Calgary so mm. we'll see what happens um, yeah. you know anything can happen in six weeks yeah um, and so you know then I have conventions that's, you know lined up through, through every month the rest of the year so we'll, we'll see hopefully by April May June things will start rolling again I'm hoping um, right um, we'll see. Uh, on a normal year, do, do you just uh, do conventions all the time, or is there like a season for you, or what? Yeah, I usually do them a lot. I usually do them from like, basically from like March to October. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll do a couple here and there in, you know, February and November, but uh, there seems to be like that, that nine-month period where there's like a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. You know, I do probably, you know, I do probably 20, 25 conventions a year. Oh, wow. So I do a lot. I do a <laughs> yeah, lot of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's sort of like it's fun. Um, I like to travel, and it also keeps. Um, you know, it's, it's usually pretty decent income. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Well, so, yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, Archie's keeping me busy, so I do have a steady gig with them. <laughs> yeah. But it is, but, but, but well, I feel, I do feel for the, like, my, you know, um, friends who do conventions, and that's, like, their sole income. Yeah, I was going to say, has this cramped your style much, or is it just, like, maybe a little, or? <laughs> it, well, it has, yeah. It's yeah. going to be a tighter, you know, obviously, but, you know, again, yeah. I can, um, you know, I'm doing more commissions at home. Yeah. I've been doing more, yeah, so there's always that, and, you know, I'm not going to starve or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's tough for people who, you right. know, like you said, that's their, there is their, it is some artist's main source of income or right. only source of income yeah so it's that that's tough um so hopefully i'm just hoping that they you know will um, you know get through the next few months and you know things will get back to normal for them and but they're also i know a lot of them are like you know also on facebook to commissions and stuff yeah. too so um you know it yeah. is what it is this is one of those situations where you know uh, you just there's no way to control it so you just have to sort of make the best of it right and you so, know we're we're, we're, we're recording this now but it, i probably won't put it up for another month so you never know where it's going to be by that point but i'm still gonna you know leave it up you know it's like <laughs> yeah we'll see things we'll see where things are you know like right now they're doing a lot of uh like you know just you know they're basically kind of closing down mostly most restaurants everywhere and really trying to right. keep people from only going up for necessities and things like that so uh, you know, but one good thing being comic artists is it's not that different from our normal lifestyle. Right. Like we're used to, we're, you know, be, being s- stuck at home at a drawing table without much social in, yeah. you know, outlook is not a, a big change for a lot of artists, too. <laughs> so we can adapt. I think yeah. we can adapt to it better than. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the, the same with me when I'm writing my books. I mean, if I don't write from home, I'm writing in the library or something, but it's very quiet typing, you know, and researching mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know. yeah. But uh, I do have a regular job, and they're considered having me work from home which I don't really want to but obviously if they say I have to I'll do it you know but right, right. Uh, I'm waiting for the word right now they said oh you don't have to dress up they they tell us to wear nice slacks and you know no t-shirts but since we're not having visitors right now they said eh you can wear jeans and t-shirt and I'm like yay <laughs> that's nice that's nice yeah <laughs> but uh Anyway, we'll take it one day at a time, you know, and see what happens. But yeah, that's all we can do, and you know, it's uh, you know, just gonna go with the flow, and you know, like my gym clothes. So I went for a hike today, and uh, yeah. you know, I'm just gonna do, you know, like a ton of work. And I figured now's a good time to do a Kickstarter because Kickstarters are like you're on, you know, you're on. 24-7 basically answering questions and checking out on the Kickstarter progress. So this is probably as good time as any to be to be doing it. So. Right. I'm gonna, yes, I'm going to try and try and launch it next week. I'm okay. hoping. Okay. Well, um, why don't you give a plug to that and any plugs that you want to give and how people can contact you? Yeah, um, you can check out um, uh, for the Kickstarter Die Kitty Die. Just go to diekittydie.com and there'll be a link to the Kickstarter. You can get uh, my regular stuff. You go to my website danparent.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook, hmm. so you can you know check me out there and Dan- Parent Daniel on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> don't get sick there. <laughs> anyway, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. It's like any Social cough or thing here. Yeah, any cough or sneeze, and I'm like, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I must have it. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, so you can find me. I'm easy to find online. So um, yeah, then I'll just uh, hopefully be back doing conventions again in a couple of months or less. And, uh, right. and then yeah, Archie projects. I've still you know got a lot of cool Archie projects coming up. By the time this is by the time they hear this podcast, uh, they'll know 
uh, what the new book is I'm working on. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I'll tell you off off the okay, air. But. I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's cool. All right, very cool. And I appreciate you being a podcast guest today, and I thank you very much. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Dan Parent, for being my special guest. Episode number 72 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2020, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. of your loot.